I'm ready. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Script Podcast. Today's intro is going to be a little bit different, and you guys will see why. Sometimes they call me Bruce Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, standing five foot four inches from the ground with a record of 38 and six, 23 coming with the way of knockout, a four-time world champion, please welcome the one and only, the Hawaiian Punch, Brian V. <laughs> yeah, is your, is your throat okay? <laughs> Guys, hey, good seeing you again, Kia. You too, Thank man. You. You, should, you should be an announcer. I should, dude. I could go way you louder could. and it'll sound way more legit, but the guy that above us will. Legit. <laughs> hey, Bruce Buffer, watch out, man. Did you ever have a Buffer yes. announce you? Yes. You did? I had Bruce Buffer, yeah. My first world title fight. Oh my there. God! How was, was that? Long time ago. That was like back in two thousand and five. I don't think you were born yet. That was six. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you? Two thousand five. You were. How old do you think I am? I got Asians. A- Asians I was say, Based on you being Asian, you're probably almost forty. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take what you think it is and then times it by like two. Times it by two. Sixty two. Forty two. Forty two. Damn, dude. Yeah, Damn, you were then, knocking people out when I was. It's Writing essays in second the, grade. Saying dad's nutsack. Yeah, I was, I was swimming, dude. <laughs> swimming around over there. That was knocking shit. people out. Can I swear here on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I'm not going to swear a lot. I'm just saying. No, you can swear. After it's like the first myself. like 20 seconds, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I've been, I've been fighting since I was like, I don't know, six years old. Yeah. That was also, I had a question. I was like, because a lot of people that get into the boxing space, say like, oh, I, I used to street fight before, so I ended up just kind of like working my way into it. Yeah. Was that you? Did you like grow up street fighting or was this like something you were fundamentally... No, nah, I wasn't, I, you know, I um, I was born and raised in Hawaii. I actually was uh, sent back to the Philippines when I was around nine months old. And I was, um, I was raised by my grandparents in the Philippines for like five years. And then I flew back to Hawaii. The whole process of my dad getting his green card, you know, he didn't want me to go back and forth because he was doing like travel visa work work visas type type of stuff he just wanted to be uh, he wanted me to be raising my grandparents for a little bit and then when i went back um to hawaii around five five years old found i had a brother who was already three years old damn yeah it was he was bigger than me and uh uh found out what mcdonald's was mm. <laughs> so i was like my brother was bigger than me because i guess you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you guys got food here? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the Philippines struggling, dude. <laughs> like, you, you got to like a drive through. So I was kind of like, like, man, you guys like hid this from me for like five years, right? Kind of sad. But then um, the reason why I got to boxing is because my dad wanted me to do sports at one point. And then I was kind of bullied when I was young. Was it for being small or? Uh, not. I, just, I don't want to call not, you small. I thought to call you small. It was but. more because, you know, it was as a kid i was like i couldn't speak english that well mm-hmm. um, i was from another uh i was since I, even even when i was born in hawaii i was i was uh raised so uh ilocano which was a dialect in the philippines was my first language and mm. so i couldn't speak it and people you know i remember kids were like teasing me um you know fob you know that thing. are you fob fresh off the boat blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. but i was like born there you know but um i learned english really quick after that but did you have to physically defend yourself? There was, was a like- couple of times I was bullied. Yeah, there was like um, big 
big Samoan guys in Hawaii, you know. I was like trying to pick them. Like, hey, what's up, little Filipino boy? Yeah. You know, so I, I had to fight them on the streets. So, but that's not where I first started. I was like, uh, my dad brought me into like judo first. Mm. So I got I got started with judo, did a, a year of that, and then he brought me to a gym when I was six years old, a boxing gym, which had like two world champions at that point, and learned how to box. You know, my family loved boxing. They, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Were they into boxing? Yeah. The Filipino culture yeah. loved boxing. It was like boxing, basketball, and pool, billiards. Who, yeah. who were the guys you were looking up to at the time? At that time, it was Sugar Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it in Mike Tyson. I loved watching, uh, seeing him fight and watching him on TV. Um, guys that was around my weight division. Um, uh, you know, like Pacquiao wasn't even big yet at that time. Um, uh, so I was looking at a lot of the amateur fighters growing up and that's when at eight years old, I've, I saw the Olympics on TV. It was the, I think it was the 88 Olympics and that I already had a fight. I had like 20 fights already by the time I was eight. You had 20 so, fights? I had like 20 fights. Yeah. When you were eight? Back in the eighties, they didn't care. You know, there wasn't all this safety protocol thing. They, they just kind of wrote your name on a piece of paper. They pretty much <laughs> just had like every weekend they had like a club show, but it was like sanctioned. It was under USA Boxing. It was under the PAL Boxing Club. So the record would yeah, it count. was a record. Yeah, it was recorded. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I had a little, little amateur book yeah. that I had that that every time you um, would weigh in and do fights, they would write your win or loss record. Mm. So Damn. yeah, by the time I was, I was done with the amateurs, I already had like a book like this thick because it had to be stapled over it. Were you undefeated? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I had like close to three hundred fights. Holy crap, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I always joke around with people. Like, I think the, the, the biggest accomplishment was coming out of that system with a couple brain cells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 300 fights by the time you were what age? By the time I was like 19. Yeah. Wow. We fought, we fought a lot. I fought a lot growing up, going through the amateur system. I cleaned out like this, my state of Hawaii. Like nobody at, at one point after I won my na- my first national title and my junior Olympic title, I like none of the people in Hawaii wanted to fight me anymore. They were like seeing me on the brackets and like, oh man, I'm just gonna pull out of this tournament. Yeah, but I was going through every tournament, so Damn. I was doing I was winning tournaments over on walkovers. You know what that means? No, it was like going to the ring, middle of the ring, and they would just raise your hand. Wow, and dude! Was, you just yeah. show up, yeah. I would just get wrapped, walk up, and yeah, just win. Put yeah. So it, to me, at that one last year that I had, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't learn like this. I can't get better. And so, luckily, the uh, the Olympic Education Center at that point was in Michigan, and mm. so they had a program for fighters that could go to school and box and chase their Olympic dreams. Mm-hmm. So the recruiter saw me at one of the national tournaments. I'm like, hey want you to get on on get on board with the system with the with the program but at that time i was only 15 i'm like i don't want to leave yet yeah i don't want to go to michigan i want to be with my friends i want to be a kid a little bit longer before you know i pack up and leave mm. and so for a couple of years I did was, you not end up doing that then i did oh you I did. did yeah i i wanted to graduate with my friends first in high school mm-hmm. because they already wanted me to go to michigan and start off my program there already mm. at 15. But I was already like a sophomore, junior in high school at that time. So I was like, man, you know, should I go? Should I stay? You know what? I got a couple more years. 
to stay and be with my friends and then I'll decide to leave. So after I graduated, I walked three days later, I was on an airplane going to Michigan. Damn. So yeah. what was this at what point did you get the nickname Hawaiian Punch? Was it when you were an amateur doing yeah, all this? That was exactly that. It was I had two nicknames. I was called the Killer B. Killer B. Yeah, my my first name, B. Everyone oh, was okay. called yeah, yeah. B. So they used to call me Killer B. Mm-hmm. And it was uh Hawaiian Punch. But Hawaiian's punch is the one that stuck to me towards my my professional career. Yeah. But I remember in the amateurs, um, my teammates back in Michigan were like, every time I would I would go in the ring, they all would buzz. Bzzz, like a bee. That's yeah. funny. That's cool. I know. <laughs> I do like Hawaiian punch more, though. That sounds like. Yeah. I didn't like the drink because it's too sweet. The what? The drink. Hawaiian the punch. <laughs> oh, that is a drink. I didn't even think, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to get them to uh, sponsor me, but they didn't like getting sponsored. Really? Yeah. Did you have any sponsors when you were fighting like massive sponsors um at that time like uh, adidas i had some gloves winning gloves um you know shoes mizunos the reason i ask is it true because i don't know because like this is something stuart told me yep. so he was like depending on where it is on your shorts or whatnot the sponsor costs more money yeah yeah like your the closer you to your more. crotch that caused more money? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like right on your crotch every time. No, 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 no. That's where I want my... <laughs> you got like Put 10 layered right there? Right on his left butt cheek and his right butt cheek. His left nut sack. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's fighters that would actually have real estate on their trunks be priced out. So maybe like maybe $500 there or $1,000 on the front, mm. depending on where, you know, you can get exposed a little bit more. I remember back in like early 2000, they would have like little uh, tattoos on their back, like of sponsors. Like, yeah, like sponsors. They're tattoos. Like, they're not not like um. They would draw it out with a marker. Are they really? Yeah, look it up. It was a uh, I forgot what it was called. It was a uh, it was an online site for gambling at that time, like Palace. I forgot what it was called. Uh huh. But they would have it on the back, on their back. They would draw it out before their fight. So really? they come out. They'll take the robes off. Now, would they see. look like legit tattoos or would it just look like Sharpie? It looked like Sharpie.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know? shit. And then they banned it, you know, later after that. Oh, is it banned? Unless they banned it. It didn't look so like, you know, it looked kind of like it a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see like, you'd be like on na- on national, or the world TV, the world stage, and you just see somebody's just scribbled, you know. It's their, like www.wikipedia.com yeah. on his back. Yeah. So but it like doesn't fit, so it's like going like that <laughs> on the side of his back. Did you ever do that? Um, no, 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 no. They asked me to do it, but I just thought it looked so cheesy, bro. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want that written on my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Are there any sponsors that have like exact deliverables where it's like, if you win, you have to point at it at the camera or something? You know what? I don't know. There's some guys that were just like, uh, I've seen it where they put a hat on as soon as you win. Yeah, it's, that's what, yeah, so, like, yeah. They, they put a hat on. I've seen that. They'll throw a shirt on you, um, you know, just to get exposure. Which is cool. I mean, I, I respect it. Yeah. Respect Imagine it. you like lose, but you have to do that. Like you just get knocked out. Your coach walks up and puts <laughs> a hat on you when you're on the floor. <laughs> Celsius. You're just that's, out, like, that's a good marketing strategy. That's kind of you know what I mean? Win or lose, you got to do it. <laughs> Put a pillow. <laughs> McGregor's got his broken leg on the floor. Dude, the dude. Yeah, that's a great marketing strategy. You got to take a look. Yeah. Like as soon as your sponsor just runs up in the ring and just throws a. Dude, the dude's uh, dying. 
that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. that was a great idea, though. <laughs> I never thought about that. No, I just thought about that when you mentioned like I didn't know it could get that ghetto with <laughs> or have, stuff or have on. the sponsors on their on the sole of their feet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can knock down and like zoom up into his feet. Feetfinder.com. <laughs> Oh, Feetfetish.com <laughs> Dude, you got like a size three shoe foot. Palace. So it's like the shoe palace. Dude, these are great ideas. Yeah, right. That would sell. Man, you gotta you gotta patent them now. <laughs> the guys over there are gonna take the next Jake Paul fight. It says like my name on like. Fuck, I don't even know. Dude, he like pulls his pants down. And it's on his ass cheeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, that's funny. Oh. But those are great ideas though. But yeah, man. At that time, it was like. Um, a lot of fighting. Um, I remember after I walked on the uh, on my graduation three days later, <laughs> packed my bags, had no graduation parties, there was no none of that. My friends called me up, like, Hey, Brian, come over to my graduation. I'm like, I'm freezing my butt off in Michigan right now. Yeah, <laughs> what, what we just saw you last week. I'm like, Yeah, man, I'm chasing my dreams. I got no time. Yeah, so yeah. did you become an Olympic athlete shortly after you went there? Yeah. Um, it was like two years later. Wow. Yeah. So I was with uh, the Marquette, um, Northern Michigan University. I was there with uh, with the team, with the boxing team. And they had other teams as well. They had uh, they had uh, speed skaters there. They had wrestlers, um, skiers. So they had different. It was like a program for, for people that wants to, to, to try for the Olympic team. Mm -hmm. So they would help out. They were like funding us. Um, <clears throat> to go into the uh, to go compete at the different types of tournaments that there were all over the world. Yeah, they were we were going to like London and 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 Budapest and China and wow. Yeah, so imagine being seventeen and you're yeah. just like having having a dozen or sixteen of the best fighters in the nation all living together in the dorm rooms. Now, are any of these household names that you can mention that people would know? Um. Um, yeah, Jeff Lacey was on the same team. Um, Ricardo, uh, Ricardo Juarez, who, uh, who else was there? Um, Jermaine Taylor, who was a middleweight world champion at one point. Yeah. So you guys were just all moving around fighting. Yeah. Was this before you had a professional record or was this after you were already? Um, there was before. I was still in amateurs. Is amateurs, is there like a certain age? How do you go from amateurs to pros? Um, or is it just like? Certain tournaments, you know that's that's a that's, that's a great question. There's the amateur system is is you know you're under USA Boxing, mm -hmm. which is the uh, the program that that helps with all the amateurs. So you get a book, you get all that, you represent your state or then your nationals when you get ranked. So depending on the different types of I don't know how they do it right now, but in our days, uh, every tournament they give you a certain amount of points. Like if you win a tournament. Um, you know, a bracketed tournament where like you fight from Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, they give you a hundred points and it goes down to second place, get 90 points. So then mm -hmm. they accumulate all that points towards the year. And then they will, that's how they determine who was number one, number two, number three, up to number 10 in the nation. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was doing almost every tournament, national golden gloves, um, blue and gold. I was doing national pal tournaments. So every time I won th those tournaments, I would get 100 points. I, I remember my time, I racked up so much points. The number two guy under me had like, I was like 1,200 points over him. Wow. Yeah, so he had to like do a lot of tournaments and win a lot of tournaments. Damn. Yeah, so 
I was pissing a lot of guys off in in during the uh, Olympic trials because, or even trying to make the Olympic trials because I was there was eight major tournaments mm -hmm. as an amateur, and I was always attending a tournament. So people are like, bro, you're already in, you know, you're already in the Olympic uh, the Olympic trials. Yeah. Like why? Give us a chance, right. to, you know what I mean? <laughs> what weight were you fighting at? I was fighting at at that time one hundred six. One hundred six. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I was one hundred six pounds. I would walk around like one twenty, one fifteen, but I did come down to one hundred six. Yeah, yeah. I was I was the lightest guy in the Olympic team. Oh really? Yeah. Now is there like a certain weight where it's like anyone under this just fights the way it's like aren't heavyweights like that where it's like if you're over this weight, um, qualify? No, you have to hit the limit. You can't go over it, of is, course. Is there under you too? Are there people under? Um, me, no. One six was the lightest mm -hmm. in the amateurs, and then so you could have been like one or two, but you have to fight on one six. Same thing. Right now, I think they kind of took away a couple of the weight divisions. I think it's from like one thirty five. Now it's, the next step up is not even forty seven; it's fifty six. Mm. So it's almost like a twenty pound difference. Damn. Yeah. So if you're like if you're like one forty, you got to go up to yeah. You got to fight a one fifty six pounder. Holy shit! You got yeah. on sixteen pounds. Yeah. So you kind of have to gauge where you are. I know. It's, I could be wrong, but that's what my cousin was telling me who's, who was fighting at the amateurs uh, last year, who's a pro now. And he's like, yeah, man, I, I weigh 135, but I got to fight at one, you know, like 147 or something. At that point, wouldn't it just be better to go to the weight category under you? Isn't it better to but go losing down? Weight, though. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, tough, but wouldn't you rather tough. lose weight being a big dude than yeah. gain weight but and fight it, bigger dudes? Nobody realizes at the pound or two, that's a lot. When you already got, like, shrunken down to, like, the weight and you're, like, got one more pound left, it's hard, man. Yeah, I mean, you see the videos of the dudes, like, Sunk battling to try chill, to... Like, like that, yeah, and they're yeah. trying to spit, and they think cutting their hair is going to lose their weight. It sucks. Did you ever not make weight? Um, there's a time where I stepped up. I always made my weight. But there was a uh, there was a couple instances where I, I stepped on a scale and I was like a half a pound over, and I was always like already drained. Like, ugh. what'd you do? I had to go in like the sauna, which sucks. No you shaving your head for you? No, no. I thought about it. Like <laughs> yeah. I was that desperate already. Like, man, why don't you shave my head off? I'm like, get a clippers. I'm like that's not gonna work. It's How much weight would that take off your hair? I don't know. Don't my hair is thick. Just... Like twenty that's pounds on you, yours. dude. <laughs> Probably like fifty pounds. <laughs> but yeah, man, I that's one thing I don't miss about boxing right now is just the cut, the weight cut. Mm -hmm. Weight cut is horrendous. It sucks. Yeah, but I get it. You know, they um, you have to fight the guys your size, and that's why there's and then, you know, people don't realize five, ten pounds makes a big difference, right? Because it's mass, you know, mm -hmm. and the rehydration uh, weight when you come up and wait you're like you blow people blow up to like 20 pounds so you can weigh in at 135 and then fight at 156 the next day really yeah people by do that eating by eating rehydrating drinking water isn't it because i remember we were at, we before we met with yeah. uh evil heroes they might know him we were Stewart. St st we were in oh, florida right yeah and he was like he he like ran from the hotel to the weigh-ins he was like in body bags he was trying to put off all this weight and then he did and then that night he was like i'm just gonna eat and like regain it but like his body was like so drained he ate like two pieces of sushi and just yeah. couldn't eat anymore yeah your stomach just turns into like a pea size thing you yeah know? and it, it it people want things that okay 
I didn't eat for like a couple of weeks, you know. And when mm-hmm. I mean by not eating, not saying not eating, just a lot less than you mm-hmm. normally would. And then you try to like eat the same way before making weight. It doesn't work. Your, your stomach is so tight and so small. Yeah. And it, sometimes people get sick and it hurts. You know what I mean? So I just, I, when, when I try to gain back, uh, get rehydrated, I try to slowly take intake water. Mm-hmm. slowly get the food intake in. and i try to scarf everything down as soon as they sit down on the table you know i was like oh i can eat now it's not gonna work yeah at all and i oh there's one time i i i vomited out you know what i mean after i, got, I ate everything I'm like you feel before the sick. fight it was like after i made the weight i tried to rehydrate yeah but i was so you know i was i was so hungry at that time mm-hmm. and i tried to scarf everything down and eat everything down and then i was like I vomited it out. Damn. Body just couldn't take all that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Damn, dude. So then let's go back to when you did become a professional, when you started building that professional record. Yeah. How how long after the Olympics was that? It was um it was like six months, I would say six to eight months after. I was the last person actually on the Olympic team to sign with a promotional company. Um I remember back then the Olympic uh, committee was trying to have me stay another four years and I was teeter-tottering I was you know deciding at that time whether I should turn pro whether I should stay another four years for the Olympics I think it was in Atlanta at that time mm-hmm. 2004 and like I it was it was hard it was hard to make the team it was so much fighting it was it was so demanding um, the traveling and just not the politics as well. There's a lot of politics that's involved in, in the sport of boxing. And not, you know, I think in all on all sports. But now how were they trying to keep you? Were they offering more money? Were you even getting paid at the time for that? That's amateur, yeah. 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 They would give you incentives. Um training expenses they would call it. Mm-hmm. And we would fight and they would pay us through training expenses. Um it wasn't a lot. It was like at that time it was like a thousand dollars a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, you know, I mean, for being an amateur, for right? being a you kid, were like, Damn. being in college, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're balling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll fight. Uh, but the only the top two would get, you know, the top guys in the in the nation would get paid that way, which was you, yeah, and so, someone else. And so we would have these tournaments called USA versus the World tournaments, where uh, every month there will be Russia coming into the United States, and we will be USA team and the Russian team, mm-hmm. and then. Mexico will come, or um, Australia will come, or England. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they would would have tournaments like that, and that's how we got paid um, while going to school at the same time. So then you decided not to continue and go. I decided after no, after I made the team in Australia. um, That's when I was weighing it out, talking to my buddies that signed. Like, hey, how's it? Yeah, man, we got paid. I got signing bonus. Um, you know, Ricardo got a million dollars signing bonus, and I hear, you know, Jermaine getting half a million, twenty fifty, whatever they were get, uh, they were getting at that time for their signing bonuses. I'm like, hmm, sounds better. <laughs> should I go here or should I go there? I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know what? Let's go. Let's let's let's, let's take it to the next stage. Mm-hmm. And so I signed with Ludi Bella at that time. Um, he signed maybe six guys from the Olympic team, mm-hmm. and he, uh, we signed him then because he had an HBO deal. Um, which HBO doesn't do boxing anymore, and he would promote. Uh, he would start promoting us on the East Coast, and he. I did my first tournament or my first fight in Hawaii, 
So it was like, uh, I brought boxing back home to Hawaii. Mm. So we did it in the uh, the Hawaii Convention Center, and opened up on ESPN. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's where my career took off in Hawaii. And Freddie Roach was in my corner before Freddie. You know, Freddie was working with Pacquiao. Yeah, talk to that's crazy. Talk to me about <laughs> that. At what point did Freddie get involved with you? Um, from the start, from the get go. Yeah, I was before I signed with any trainer. I was I did my rounds. I I looked all over LA. I thought about going to New York. I thought about going to Miami. Mm -hmm. But since LA is not so far from Hawaii, I was like, it's better to be in LA. So I my you know I didn't have to travel too too far. Uh, I was offered to go to New York, but I was like you know the flight back to Hawaii yeah. was like long so yeah, yeah so la and then my management at that time I'm like hey let's go check out this gym in hollywood and train with this guy freddie he's he used to be with uh um you know uh he 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 trains uh at that time i, I believe it was virgil hill and he had james tony and my management like let's go look at him and see how you feel mm -hmm. so i went to the gym we did mitts like the way he worked i'm like hey freddie's gonna be my coach yeah, so yeah. is that the same gym where I called you from with that, uh, what was her name, Tina working there? Tina? At the Thai restaurant in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one, yes. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I went to this, I was with yes. my girlfriend Brittany, we went to this Thai restaurant and we get there and we're like, I nah, don't know if this is going to be a great place because the only thing's oh, Tina's open. Tina's great. Dude, no, it was good, but it the only thing's good. open in the shopping center were like in the little AA thing in the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a liquor store and this Thai restaurant. So yeah. we were like, eh. And it was like all written in Spanish, like alcohol something anonymous i was like yeah, 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 this, yeah. i don't know no i love tina tina i've known tina since yeah back back in 2000 yeah but that's the crazy thing dude, we walked in all pictures of like freddie roach like boxers everybody right so i was like you see my photo that's the thing i saw manny pacquiao so i was like damn i wonder if brian's and right when i said that i was like damn brian's right here so i faced like it was like a signed picture of you and yeah there. that was a signed picture it was me winning my first world title i was on top of uh you're on someone's shoulder one of my trainer maca foley we train a lot of um a lot of celebrities, including uh, uh, what's his name, James Franco, mm. who was on. I helped him. I helped James and and Maca for this for the uh, the movie Annapolis. So oh. if you ever see the movie Annapolis, was he was boxing in there? Oh, interesting, yeah. dude. Yeah. Damn. So, so he, you know, he passed away a long time ago. Um, missed that guy. He was a great guy. Uh, he as soon as I won a world title, first round knockout. Jumped up, he picked me up on his shoulders and prayed. And it was in Staples Center, crypto crypto arena now. Wow. Yeah, that's where I first won my world title. But that's the photo that that sits in, in Tino's restaurant, which Pacquiao and Pacquiao and I we used to always go to after we train. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I, I saw that. I was like, what? The, damn. Yeah. That's cool. So, like, what was the feeling of like Staples Center? Oh, knocking was, someone out in Staples Center, like, dude, I go to, I go to like Laker games and Clipper games. I'm in the nosebleeds and I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't imagine it was, what it's it like to be crazy. like. But that almost didn't happen. I almost quit boxing because of that. Um, because of the fight before that, almost I came. Now so I think close. I read something about this, and you had told me before, but yeah. it. I almost, I almost stepped out of the sport because, the fight prior to the world title fight, I put someone. Um, I'm gonna say I put someone, uh, uh, an opponent that I fought went went into a coma, after I fought him, he collapsed. I remember, I remember that day where you know I fought him. It was it was you know it wasn't the best fight I had in my career, but it was it was a, 
it was a rugged fight and i remember i hit him with this uppercut in i believe around the sixth round and his nose just started gushing out it wasn't even red it was like black like black blood just coming it was dark thick crimson reddish dark red um and it, it, it was weird to me and it didn't look right and so he went back the, the 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 round finished he went back to his corner and i looked over and the i see the ref doing this like he was waving the fight off i'm like did he just did he just stop did he just stop the fight in my corner i was like oh, i think he he quit I'm like oh, no. then you know win the fight yeah i shower up and as soon as i walked out of the shower my manager goes the opponent just got rushed to the hospital i'm like what what happened he was like he just collapsed in front of on his way to the the locker room he collapsed and he was having a seizure so they rushed it luckily the the hospital wasn't too far away it was just five minutes away and i i, I believe that saved his life he they found a blood clot in his head he suffered a brain hemorrhage um, they had to cut him open. He was on in in a coma for like maybe two, three, thirteen days. Damn. A couple a couple weeks. Wow. And did you go to the hospital? I did, yeah. That's where that's where it really impacted me because I didn't know what to expect. But I remember going there to go visit and he was he was, you know, in induced coma. And his kids. His kids and his and his wife was there. Mm-hmm. And that was like, man, this is not what I'm in the sport for. I'm not here to take anybody's husband or their loved ones away from them. This is, so I was, I was debating. I'm like, listen, and I called my family up and I, call, I told my management, if this guy doesn't make it, I'm done. I can't do this. Yeah. This is, this is not what I'm in the sport for. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, we waited, we waited. Um, it was, I knew I had a title fight in the horizon but i didn't even really care about that no more mm-hmm. i just wanted to know his name is ruben ruben Contreras. i was hoping ruben was gonna just make it out safely mm-hmm. and that he would just go back home to his family and i remember getting a phone call from a manager and he's like listen ruben's out of coma he's alive he's he's talking and that was like a big weight off my shoulders yeah you know i was like oh, thank god you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and so i remember I talked to him. He doesn't te- talk real good English, but he said, you know, he told me whatever you want to do, just keep going, man. You know, don't don't let this deter you from wow. from your from your goals. And I'm like, good. You yeah. know, he's, he's with his family. He's like, and I remember Bobby. I was like, yeah, he's with his family now. We paid off all his bills, and so he's okay. And then that's when I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go for a title. Yeah. Damn. Damn, dude. Yeah. How long was this little gap between? It was like, um, I would say four months. Four months. Yeah, until wow. I fight the world title. So I was training hard. I was ready to go and 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 be a champion. Yeah. In Staples Center, and it was under one of the fights. It was a Pacquiao header fight. He fought. He fought this guy named Solis that night, and I remember Morales was also on that card fighting. Um, this Philadelphia fighter, uh, Rahim, Rahim, okay. yeah, Zahir wow. Rahim, and I remember they were supposed to. It was a rematch fight because mm-hmm. Morales beat Pacquiao the fight prior to that. Damn. So they, 
they were they were on a collision course again as a ring match. Mm-hmm. But Pacquiao won his fight, but Morales didn't win his fight. Mm. He got upset by Raheem. And that kind of just put everything, um, you know, the whole idea of, you know, that rematch. Was yeah. Really, but somehow they kind of, I don't know. To this day, I'm like thinking, I wonder how Raheem would have done against Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. But Morales had the bigger name because, you know, he was the one that beat Pacquiao. Yeah. 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 Did Pacquiao then, end up winning that night? He ended up, the rematch, he ended up knocking Morales out. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so so that night it was insane. I won the world title in one round. First round knockout. It's on YouTube if you guys can see it. Yeah, it's against um, Brian Valerio versus Eric Ortiz. Uh-huh. And Ruben Contreras was there ringside. So I remember walking out and then one of the producers was like, "Hey, Ruben's right there." I'm like, "I haven't seen him for yeah. like months." And gave him a hug. I almost cried because I was like so Damn. happy. I was like, oh, you're about to fight, bro. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Get yourself together. You're about oh, to go fight. before you fought. Right before oh, I fight. Shit. He was right there next <laughs> to the ring. And I was like, and, and you know, somebody pointed at him. And then like, I looked over. I was like, hey, Ruben. And then I went to go hug him. His wife was right next to him. And, you know, I said, you know, thank God you guys are okay. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, he said, good luck. And then I was about to cry, but I'm like, you know, put yourself together. Jumped in the ring. Damn, that's cool. One round. Yeah. Damn. You see all this. So it was it was crazy. Is you know Do you have contact with him today? No, no, I don't. It's, no. It's been years. Mm-hmm. It's been years. You were how old at that time? I was twenty four. Damn. Twenty five, yeah. I was going through it. I just turned twenty four. I'm sitting here just fucking talking <laughs> to people. You were over there knocking people out. Oh my god. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And then that's when that's when I blew up on the Philippine, the country saw it. The country saw me win. Because for some reason I was on you know that photo that you saw? On the back? Yeah, I was yeah, on yeah. top of Mecca's shoulders. And Did that photo go viral or something? You no, know, my dad gave gave me a flag. But I didn't know until after I saw the fight. Like I, re- I watched the replay. Oh. You could have gave me a, a Russian flag or. You could give you, you a sponsor. Know, or something, like, right? <laughs> you could have gave me like you know the rainbow flag. I'll be, I'll be like, <laughs> that, dude, that would have been. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, I would have been waving that thing, but I was like, it was my dad gave me the 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 Philippine flag, you know, for my heritage, and and then I was in the I was in the uh, the locker room. And my manager has me over the phone. He goes, hey, <laughs> the president of the Philippines wants to talk to you. No way. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Because they just, the whole country of the Philippines just saw you win the world title. That night? That, 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 right. I was in the locker room right after the fight. We were like celebrating the locker room. Wow, dude. And my manager gave him, has me the phone. And it was uh, Madame President. At that time, it was Arroyo. And he dude, was that's like, like, oh my, that's a movie. Yeah, Holy shit. I was like, hello? He's like, Brian. Uh, we just seen you watch the uh, win the world championship. We would love to have you, you know. You know, it'd be funny if it was like your dad's friend or something just messing with you, just trying to like motivate you for the next fight. Like, trust me, yeah. it's the fucking president. And I was like, oh, my dad was like, yeah, we want you to come to the to Malacanang Palace to have dinner with us. Really? Yeah. Did you like, go? Yeah, I didn't have a passport that time, but I had to get it expedited because um, I went with Pacquiao. And Holy shit! Yeah, I went with Pacquiao and. And Manny was like, yeah, we'll wait for you till So in two or three days, I got my passport. It was just like rushed over to me. And then we flew to the Philippines. Me, Pacquiao, had the green belt. And we did a motorcade throughout the city. It was like so many people. 
so really? many people and you know at that time backyard was just blowing up on the scene um and so i was right there on the hummer he was right next to me waving the people showing the bells that people trying to grab us to pull us off of the off of the hummer that we were on damn that was fun yeah that was, what was that the was palace fun. like it was um it was it was great it was you know the the reception was amazing um a lot of uh a lot of taking photos i remember that mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it got blind from all the flashes um it was just the reception was incredible it's amazing it was a whirlwind to be honest with you it was like two weeks i was in manila and it just it was like every day i remember i i, I walk into a room and i just locked myself in there i'm like i gotta take a break you know, really? I was doing Holy so shit. much. It was so much media, so much like just doing the, the rounds. You know what I mean? We're saying that by the rounds, doing media rounds, talking to this uh, network, talking to that network. It was just everywhere. There was yanking me all over the country. Was it not? It wasn't like that for you before that? No, no. That was the start of it all. That was huh? like the start. Your dad yeah. giving you the flag? Yeah. Yeah. And then after, after that, it was like every time I fought on Pacquiao's cards, it was like, watching the country it was like zero every time manny fought it was like zero crime rate like yeah seriously <laughs> look it up no crime rate everybody just puts their guns down wherever is warring at that time and just say let's just watch the pacquiao fight so for like what? a few hours like no crime <laughs> it's like crazy Damn. so i was like thought what if we fought every single day but like no crime like every yeah single man, day. dude that's some crazy level of influence holy yeah, shit that's that's insane and you know, I remember when when Manny walked in the first the first day he got there. I remember that day like it was just yesterday. Um, I was hitting the bag, and I told you know people this story. I'll tell you. Um, so I was hitting the bag, and then you know Freddie goes, he he, he taps my shoulder. He goes, Brian, look at that guy in the ring. I'm like, who's that? Some kid from the Philippines. He goes, yeah. They asked me to train him. I goes, what do you mean training? Like for a fight? He goes, yeah. When's the fight? Next week. Next week? <laughs> <laughs> Who's he fighting uh, for the title? Led Waba. I'm like, damn, bro. Yeah. Who he's going to fight Led Waba? Because at that time, Led Waba was like feared. Nobody wanted to fight him. Mm -hmm. His fight fell out um, prior to that. So they were like scrambling around to find to see if they could um, find a replacement for that guy. So here comes this Filipino kid walking in, shadow boxing. Ooh, he was like 120. Did he look pounds. good doing it? His, his fundamentals was just not there it was just oh, all really? offense that's just but that's that's manny he's not fundamentally sound like everything he does everything wrong but it works for him could you do you notice like it doesn't look fundamentally sound but it was just he looks it was like a high uh, it was high high energy yeah all the time like it doesn't stop yeah yeah. if you ever seen manny spar or manny i haven't train, seen spar but i've seen the fights it, it never stops it never stopped. Stuff. He has like you know I've so seen him much. hitting a bag and it's like insane. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you think like at any moment this guy's gonna slow down? Right. It never does. Just doesn't it? Just goes up, 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 up. Like his 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 energy is just it keeps going. And you know the, when I saw watching him uh, do his shadow boxing, I'm like I told Freddie, he's fighting that Baba. So even if he loses, you'll get you know big chunk of change. So he might as well, and he'll go home. Nobody. Did he know. win that fight? He won that fight. Wow. Yes, he won. <laughs> oh my God, that's how he blew up. And I was yeah. like, who is this guy? I remember Jim Lapley. Like, I knew who is this kid. I never seen this kid, but I want to tune in again. Mm -hmm. You know. So he he knocked him out. He knocked out Lil Waba. 
I remember Freddie walking back in the gym. He's like, well, shit. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> he like, yeah. Like, and then he knocks out Barrera and knocks out, Mar- you know, he just goes on this steamrolling thing. It mm-hmm. just goes through. And I was right next to him. every step of the way at that time, just training alongside with him. So you guys weren't in the same weight. No, 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 no. I was lighter. I was in the flyweight division. He was in the, uh, at that time, the super featherweight division. Would, would would you guys ever fight if you were in the same division or the same weight group? Mm, I don't know. It's it's business. Yeah. You know? I don't think. I didn't like fighting um, the countrymen or, you know, yeah. the people that help my friends. So, I, you know, and then maybe in another alternate universe, we fought. We should go there. We should go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for me, it was it was like seeing that whole pack mania thing happening in front of your eyes and being somehow a part of it. It was, it was insane. It was crazy. I seen all the behind the scenes. I seen everything that happened. Pacquiao uh, and and Freddie used to just come to the, to my to my apartment at that time. That was in Studio City, and we would have like poker nights. Oh yeah, Play poker. Yeah, every Thursday night, poker night. Who would win? Uh, Are you a good poker player? I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't say I'm the best, best, but I, I can. All right, I can hold my own a little bit. Yeah, you play. I like playing. I'm not good. No? <laughs> like, it's, it's different. Like you play with like friends. I love playing with friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go to like Vegas. I'm like, dude, I can't Stressing. compete with you people. You know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, they'll like look at you like everyone's like headphones in, like one little side eye like scares me, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah it's intense. But least, yeah, but that was that was a time that James Tony was alongside. It was crazy. It's a crazy time because it was Oscar Del Hoya there. Tyson was training with Freddie, and then James Tony. So I got lost in the foray. So, so when uh, one of my fights, I was trying to defend my title. Um, there was nothing on Freddie, and I get it. You know, has some of the biggest fighters and biggest names in the sport. Was training. He was he was training them, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't at that time. I didn't feel like I was getting the one on one training I needed, in in order to sustain where I was. And so when I lost my first world title, it was very devastating, and I felt like I had to climb back again. You know, mm-hmm. I had to climb back. I was fighting in big arenas, MGM and Staples Center, and now all of a sudden I lost the title, and. I would just put it in the back burner. So I had to do a coaching change at that mm-hmm. time. I just went from Freddie and then I found, uh, I worked with uh, Roberto Garcia, who's also a great trainer in his right. And so, and that time he had only one world champion. Um, his name was Steven Luevano. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I changed camps. I went, I went to Oxnard and started training with him and won my second world title with him. But I had to climb my way back up. I had five fights in like, in swap meet. One of the <laughs> one of the fights that I, I tell people, you know, I tell people that one of the memorable times was fighting a swap meet here in in South Central LA. Really? Yeah. It this was, was after my, all that. After all the big, yeah. Wow. It was a big fall from like, you know what I mean? From one loss. From one loss. Yeah, that's how it is in boxing. Wow. One loss can set you back a lot. Set you back f- far. So, but, you know, it rewards those that becomes very, you know, um, uh, just wanting to get back on it. If you want to just continue with just the goal, because it could have been easily, I'd be like, ah, forget this. Yeah. Hang it up, right? But 
yeah, somehow life rewards those that just continues on doing, even if they fail, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's how I was. That I'm getting back on the horse. Screw this. Whatever it takes. Even if I have to fight in, in swap meets. Yeah. Alameda swap meet. <laughs> Damn. I'll do that. By swap meet, you literally mean the, the swap meet? Was, bro, <laughs> that fight, there was raining. It was pouring rain. There was like 20 people in, in the crowd because it was pouring rain. Right? Yeah. It was like, a, it was outside. It was in the parking lot. And the floor was flooded. It was like pretty much like, like three, four inches of rain. And so we had these makeshift um, tents that was like our locker room. But then the rain would come in seeking through. So so I told my, my crew, like, well, I can't, I can't go in the ring with my shoes wet. So can you carry me in? So I had to jump on. Uh, Roberto and my cut man's shoulders, uh-huh. and they will carry me in the ring because I didn't, I couldn't stay. It was flooded, dude. And so, holy shit! Yeah, so wow. I, I fought that. I mean, that's one of the craziest, funniest memory I had. Did you win? I won that fight. Yes. Were so you I just made like a comeback. way better than everyone at these fights. Um. Yeah, it was a comeback fight. So you know, I kind of had to go back and try to back to the amateur regain <laughs> the momentum I was on prior to me losing uh, the WBC world title. And so that was the one step. And then I went to Mexico and I fought in a bull ring. Bull ring, yes. Legit. <laughs> it was like a legit bull ring. There was like a bull right next to my locker room. And it was like, um, like yeah, the bull ring. It was like this big. There was an actual bowl. bull there? There were bulls there, yeah. They were kind of in the Just back. Like waiting but, for their turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the fuck is this Filipino dude here? So it was, it was great. It was like... That was that was an interesting experience. That was in Aguas Aguas Calientes, Mexico. Kind Sounds of central. familiar. Damn, and you so, went. Damn, dude. So From Staples Center to the swap meets to the boring. That, honestly, that sounds way cooler than <laughs> Staples Center. <laughs> yeah. Than me, yeah, that's why it's one of the most memorable because it was like weird, right? Like, yeah. Like man, I fought in like the biggest stadiums in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like the Olympics, the Olympics, and then fighting in in the old. Uh, Staples Center, fighting MGM. Then all of a sudden, I found myself in a swap meet. Like, man, I felt long, but screw it. The ring is a ring. Doesn't matter if it's in a fifty thousand seater or a five hundred seater. Yeah. When this, just you and that guy, that's that's all that matters, right? Mm. That's how I took it in. I'm like, listen, it's just gonna be me and him. I don't care if there's twenty people, twenty thousand people in the ring. Yeah. All right, they're in the arena. Same shit. I'm still gonna try to take your head off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Damn. How many but people were at the bull ring fight? <laughs> it was like a good, good, oh, like three thousand people, probably good. Oh, okay, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it was a big bull ring. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like a massive bull ring with like three people there. No, 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 no. Damn, it that's was, okay. You, yeah, you yeah. Sold out so a bull I was, ring. I was kind of, I was kind of, you know, working my way back up. Yeah. And then I got my chance again to fight for a world title. Did you? I did. Did you yeah. win that? I won that. Yes. Nice. Yes. But it took me that much. It was like, okay, I got to keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I got the offer. I'm like, listen, you're going to fight for the IBF. My management tells me. I'm like, great, where? The Philippines. What? Oh, We're going home. Yeah, it was like, damn, we're going to go. Where's Manila? Yeah. What, what, what arena? The old thriller in Manila where the last Muhammad Ali fought. Wow. Yeah. Is that what you fought? Yep. <laughs> I ran out of Coliseum. Yeah. Damn. Sold out. Sold out. I remember so much people in there. Was Pacquiao also fighting on this card? No. We were the headliner. I was the headliner. Really? Yes. Damn. Donaire was on that card as well. 
Uh, but I was held like that card, and I'm like, man, this is a welcome. This is a like a home, you know, like a homecoming. Yeah. How did it feel going back? Nervous. Yeah. Um, because the Philippines is such a big boxing fan, mm-hmm. like a fan base. Such he's huge there. So it's like performing in front of like legends, kind of like Pacquiao and everybody. But I wasn't even supposed to win that fight, to be honest. Like this this guy that I fought was on like on a nine fight winning streak. He was a champion for like so many years. And that's why he was so confident in leaving Mexico to come to the Philippines to fight me. Mm. Because he's like, oh, Brian just lost the fight. You know, he didn't see the other fights I had, but still, everyone wrote me off their books. Like, oh, he's already lost. I don't think he's the same after that. I think, you know, a lot of the headlines were like, I think the uh, the Ruben Contreras fight kind of took a little edge off of him, you know? Wow. Which, you know, which wasn't even true. It was like, I was, I was just, like I said, I didn't feel like I had the type of training I needed to stay at the top mm-hmm. or compete at the top. So that this coaching change I had with Roberto, I guess, lit on a, a new fire. I wanted to prove everybody wrong again. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Um, you won that fight? I won that fight. Yeah. Knockout? Knockout. That's also on YouTube. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Knockout, 11th round. So what was the Big aftermath of this? Oh, my God. It was... It was a whirlwind. It was like the loudest I've ever heard a place. Everybody just erupted after that one big right hand I landed. It was a huge right hand. It was almost towards the end of that round. And what round was it? Eleventh. Eleventh round. Eleventh round. Yeah. In the center. And everybody erupted. Everybody just like screaming. I was in the locker room. There was like a million people in the locker room. I walked out. It took me an hour just to go from the exit of the Coliseum to like the entrance to the Coliseum because everybody wanted to like I remember them rocking the, the, the truck I was in the car I was yeah in. yeah Damn. they were wanting to shake my hand and pull it out and it was insane that was like the most craziest part well I think it was one of the highlights of my career wow I think our camera died you want to fix it yeah. thank you bro and then if you could go grab Benny he's downstairs how's he going yeah. so far he was great Yes. Yeah, phenomenal, dude. <laughs> Ooh, holy shit, I didn't know all that. Yeah. You told me like some stuff out in uh London, but yeah. Some of the stuff is wild. Yeah, it's crazy. You got a movie, dude. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movie and a half. Who's downstairs? Uh one of my friends, Benny. Oh. Yeah, Arma, you could just leave it on the middle camera and go get him. Okay. Mm. We're still recording? Yeah, we're live. (laughs) I wanted to talk, when he gets back, we'll talk about sports betting. Because I want to know how big sports betting was at the time. Oh, yeah. Just go. I I want to talk. I don't know about, I don't don't like betting. That's one thing. I don't like gambling. Um, But in terms of people betting on you, was that a thing going on at the time that you heard of? Oh, man. When I lost my first world title, I had death threats. Because of people Because of people betting on me and losing the bet. No, no, not when I won a world title, when I lost my first world title. You know, wow. I had people coming after me like, I bet so much on you. I'm f- I can kill you, blah, blah, blah. You know, hey, you, I know you dropped that fight. I know you sold on all Oh, they, that's what they thought. Yeah. Like, nah, man, I just, you know, didn't have the right type of training for that fight. Yeah. Damn. 
Yeah, I mean, I felt that. I'm like, people, did you? Yeah, go ahead. You know, people say, you know, I know you, I know you, you, uh, you gave up on that fight, blah, blah. I didn't give up on that fight. I felt my heart out in that fight. Yeah. You know, to you, maybe it looked like I could have done better, but still, you know, you're the one that put up the bet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no, I don't have no idea what you're talking about, but I felt that. I felt, and I understand the frustrations and stuff, but. Did you ever, I know it's not allowed, but did you ever think about betting on yourself for a fight? <laughs> <laughs> I had jokes about that, you know, with yeah. friends. Like, hey, put like, like, put out your mortgage, put everything on you, and just lose the <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose the fuck, that's not what I meant. Okay. Put, it, put it on the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet against your about, opponent. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you can do that. I've never done that. No. <laughs> that would be hilarious, no. dude. So, you know, Brian knocked out and before the fight even I, starts I, I doubled up and everything no but you know what you could do there is there's like certain bets I don't know if that was a thing back then but there's like certain bets now like will he do this in between the first and the second round you know yeah yeah and then I was like I always had like this this joke with like friends like if we ever made it to like any, <laughs> and if any of our friends ever made it to like these like like basically like big events yeah, right yeah. if like anything that could be bet on i was like hey bro if you make it you got to do this we're like the bet will be like will he spin in circles twirl <laughs> on the floor and do a cartwheel between the first and the second round put a million dollars on that to hit for like 45 billion that's an interesting idea too i wonder if I, I don't know maybe people have done that i'm not sure you know yeah. i've never done that i don't think that's that's out of my character to do that but i always wondered i always wonder if there's a, a time that people done that in their careers yeah you know no so that's you know I, I hear a lot of like stories where like refs would take bribes here and there you know not even refs like judges yeah i mean that's know. that stuff so like they're speculating a lot of nba refs are still like uh, to the sure. day doing i'm that. sure there's a lot that's going on that that's that goes under the radar you know um because I had a friend who was kind of like the official for the, I'm not going to name names, but has told me stories about, you know, people trying to bribe them or giving them, you know, monetary gifts, mm. you know. For boxing? Yeah, for boxing. So, like, what would that entail? Like, let's say you pay, not you, but like, let's say someone pays a ref off. Is it like they might end the fight in a certain way that shouldn't be ended? Not even to the refs necessarily, it's to the judges. For scoring. Yeah, for scoring. So, you know, I hear stories of people already having made up their mind on certain rounds, like 10 rounds, I'm going to score it this way. So regardless if you think you won the round or not, or irregardless of if you, if you beat the guy up in that round, you're still going to lose that round because in the judge's head, they already made it up. Right. I've heard stories. And then they really would score the last two rounds only. So if you make it up to the 10th round, they're really just going to score correctly the 10th. The, 11 to the 12th round oh. but it's all speculations this is what i hear stories from i mean dude money runs everything i wouldn't be yeah. surprised i've never seen i never say that you know i've caught anybody doing it or anything but still i think this is what i hear stories in the you know being around the sport for so long right i'm like yeah you know you hear you hear through a very fine and from from credible people too like guys who just talk about it live it's a really high credible people that says yeah i've seen i've seen some some weird things going on in this sport interesting yeah that's why you just gotta knock everyone out you yeah know, you no really room for air, right? <laughs> that judge out of the uh the equation <laughs> so what <laughs> did it feel like? like i always want to know like what does it feel like knocking someone out just like in you know the sometimes ring? you don't you don't see it happen or you don't feel it happen it just happens like you're not trying to like like yeah you're trying to land shots and whatnot but then 
I've had knockouts where I would look around and the guy wouldn't be in front of me. Like, we'd be in an exchange. <laughs> and then I look just up on and the I'm floor. like, oh, damn, he's on the ground. We run to the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've had those moments. You know, so. And there's times where, like, you're looking for a shot and you think that that shot should have knocked him out. You know, but he's still in front of me. And that's <laughs> frustrating. Uh, you know, because you hit it. You could feel it, like, go down your arm. You could feel it. Oh, that was perfect shot. Yeah. But why is he still standing there? Right. <laughs> you know? So and then you know, like, damn, this is going to be a long day. It's going to be a long night. Mm. So they just put it together. What should I do? You know, see if I can break them down now. You know? So there's there's moments where, you know, you feel like you give it all. You got all the shots that you, the best shots you got, but you're still there. And you got to make sure you got something extra left in the tank. Interesting. All right, let's transition a little bit because I'm, I'm really curious. You're so, I wouldn't say so big, but you're getting bigger on the influencer side of things when it comes to boxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious as to like a lot of people that I've like, you'll read comments online. People will be like, as a boxer, this is disrespectful to our sport. I don't like how these influencers are trying to come in here and take over. I find it disrespectful. Jake Paul's calling out Canelo. But then you like listen to Canelo or you hear these like legit boxers speak on the matter. And it's like, he's like, I hope Jake Paul gets better. Like I, I really, I want him to get better. Maybe we could talk about this in a few years if it does happen. And like, I've talked to you about it cause you're coaching these people now. And it's like the people that are legitly in the sport don't find it as disrespectful as others might think. Um, when you do it right, mm -hmm. you have to do it right though. You know what I mean? There's so many angles you can you can try to dissect this whole situation. And the way I see it is it helps the sport get known a lot bigger. Because I had little nephews and nieces come up to me and they're a little bit more interested in the sport now because of Jake Paul, because of the influences, because of the people they follow on YouTube, which is, is great. Like, now they're interested in watching it? Mm. Like, wow, thank you. Yeah. You know, so thanks to you guys, thanks to the YouTube guys. Not me, dude. I'm, I'm you know? scared to step yeah. in that ring, bro. But you know what I mean? <laughs> so why would I say, you know, these guys are not, you know, these guys are just trying to take over. It's not. If they know how to stay in the, the lane and if they want to get into the the, the real or, the, you know, the the um, this main system, they'll fight the real guys. Mm. right? But then, you know, it's all about just the, the way they're marketing it. It's different. You know, for me, it's like, I want to help the people that wants to learn my, my, my craft. Great. But if you got to do it right, do it right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Come up, put your cameras on the side and let's get to work. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you do it right, do it properly. Spar with the right type of people, um, you know, have some sort of respect that way. I'm all for it because I want to teach you the sport, my, my, my craft, and just hope that you get out of the, the, uh, the ring safely. That's my main concern is that you get you learn the the right things and and you know how to protect yourself in there and then you go home safely mm. right because it's still you guys are still hitting each other yeah you know it doesn't matter how you package you know the the sport right there's two guys still trying to hurt each other right. you know what i mean yeah at the end of the day if you strip everything off mm -hmm. um because if you're if a person uh, uh that went through it when they were six years old or they started when they're 40 years old. You know, if you know how to do it right, if you're training properly and give you enough respect to the sport, then by all means, man. Yeah. Let me help you. If you want to help, if you want me to help you do it correctly, then I'll be there. I'll help you. 
you know, prepare yourself for the fight. Because at the end of the day, somebody's trying to knock you out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, you got to make sure that you're you're coming out of that ring safely. Right. You, you know how to control that situation. Interesting. So as long as the respect is there for the sport. As long as the respect is it. there, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, boxing somehow has gained a resurgence in it because of YouTube boxing. Mm-hmm. Now, there's more eyes. Maybe if I'm not the fan that was that we're used to mm-hmm. in the real world because sometimes we see the same fan, the fight fans, fight fans, yeah. It was like, oh, then you call you a weekend warrior fan or something. Mm. Like, oh, you're just, you know, what you're just bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Like, so what? You're still watching the sport. You don't have to tune, tune into it. Yeah. If you're a really diehard boxing fan, you don't need to tune into these things. Mm-hmm. But why are you tuning in and then shooting that down? I don't get it. Right. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. If you don't want to have it gain so much viewership or momentum, stop don't watching. Don't watch right? it. Yeah. What right. are your thoughts on Salt Poppy? Salt is good. I like him. Um, I met him and his family when we were up in London. That's how we first met. Yeah. Almost a year ago. And great skill. Um, you know, I have heard he had uh, amateur experience before. A lot of it, too, yeah. which I didn't know until yeah. after that fight. Yeah. I was like, damn, that makes sense. He came in like quiet. Yeah. Like he was just like riding. A, a lot of these guys had kind of have a little bit of amateur experience, like Walid. Mm-hmm. Um, Shark had a little bit of experience. Um, IPAP. Was it IPAP or was his partner? It was IPAP. He fought uh, um, Dean, um, one of the guys that he fought. Oh, I don't know. The only well, Lee was the one I was like, damn, okay, he's pretty solid. Yeah, but, but no, Salt Poppy. The reason I bring that is like also Filipino, mm-hmm. and also like the way when we first met him, I did not think he was the boxer. Like honestly, I didn't think he was. Aesthetically, the one. he doesn't look like a, you know what I mean, like a fighter. Yeah, but so does um, John Ruiz. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of these guys doesn't look the part, but yeah. then they're really fast and really quick. They got hand speed, like like you know, real quick. Saul Poppy doesn't look it, but he has a skill. He does. He's left handed. He knows how to throw a jab. Um, you know, he lost a close fight to Anthony Taylor, mm-hmm. but I don't think his his uh, his stock went down that much because mm-hmm. you know I I heard Taylor was a fighter himself at one point. Yeah, yeah, and he has. A lot of losses, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, these guys just keep going, keep going at it, and I, I'm starting to see the level of talent, the level of talent, kind of like closing in on everybody because everyone's wanting to learn how to fight correct and doing this, and they're trying to take it seriously now, uh, more so. Um, and seeing it, a lot of guy, a lot of good guys coming up, and you know, coming up to who's who's. The guy now, you know, like Stim is a great fighter. Um, you know, Jake has gotten better throughout all the fights that he's going through. Um, like you started seeing guys like Dean, you know, and so we'll see. We'll see who comes out of the the woodworks with in terms of influencer boxing. Yeah, I mean, you at that time you were coaching Evil Hero when I met you when we went yeah. to London. Yeah, and that was a really quick training camp. We didn't really have a training camp. It was like a week out. Yeah, yeah. He his his camp. He had a fall through his, his fallout with his camp, and he saw me training Wasabi, who was also on the same card. Okay. So I was training Alex. That's how I got into the scene. Mm-hmm. And Alex called me up, and we were working, working, because he was fighting KSI. Supposed to, right? Yeah. Which fell through, and yeah. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. the uh, concussion 
I had one fight. This is one of the reasons why, as well, when you do it right, sometimes you fight with guys who's very, very talented. Mm-hmm. And in our training camp, um, he just got, you know, caught with a few shots. And I remember him calling me up that day. And was like, listen, I'm been vomiting, and told him to go look at the doctor. And that's when he got diagnosed with a concussion. So I was like, hey, I still got my ticket. And Oh, dude, no, that was funny because yeah. you were the only one that flew first class and all of us were in the back. Because <laughs> how they gave Alex. I was like, like, oh. <laughs> oh, that was this hilarious. Kind of weird. You're up there funny. like with all the food and shit. Wa- you guys were walking out already out of champagne. My legs <laughs> oh, that's were already true, up. dude. Yeah. You, you were the first boarding group. We were the last. So you're already sitting yeah. on their champagne legs. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And, you know, I, I felt bad. I remember uh, a week out. Um, Stuart calls me. I mean, you know, Evil Hero called and he was like, Hey, can you help me out? I'm like, Yeah, I might as well. You already have to. Yeah, I'm already going to go to London. I'll be in Corn. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had kind of like <laughs> a a fast track to getting ready for that fight against Dean, who <laughs> was like, um, His whole YouTube uh, platform was fighting. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, man, it's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very tough one. And so he jumped on. I sparred with him a couple of times. I dropped him like five times. Ooh, evil? Stuart? Yeah, yeah, Stuart. <laughs> oh, I'm like, come on, Stuart. You got to do a lot better than this, bro. <laughs> well, dude, I wouldn't want to walk in and yeah, sparring like, no, you. You're going to go fly over to London and get knocked out? Really? <laughs> dude, I would, I would but, leave the camp if I walked but he in. Was man, you, he you're came. putting your gloves on. <laughs> he, he, he wanted it, though. I'm like, all right. Oh, we got like a week and a half, man. You guys got to see Brian like fake spar with me. He'll like put his chin and he'll like start jump, <laughs> bouncing around like this. I'm like, dude. <laughs> and I brought Scrap on board, Scrappy. And, you know, I made, his, I made him spar with Scrappy a few times. And I'm like, but, you know, like I said, I just wanted him to be safe. Yeah. You're in there making sure that he knows the right protocols in certain situations in the ring. Because it's hard. It's tough, man. It's stressful when you get in there. Yeah. Most of the guys that go there, it was one of his first times. I know he fought maybe two other instances. Dude, the the fight. crowd was nothing like what we oh had my gone God. to before. The first fight from the from the get go, I've never seen the whole Coliseum. Yeah, dude, that. first opening fight. I, I walked out like, what shit. the hell? <laughs> Usually, you come on like the last two fights. Yeah, because everyone's you know just slowly trickling in. But this one, I've never seen a place that packed so early in the night. Yeah, even the weigh-ins, dude. Remember that? Oh my God. <laughs> That way, it was like a whole event on its own. Yeah, yeah, man. it was it was insane. That was like the first. That was my first exposure to what influencer brings to the to the table, mm-hmm. and I got it like like that. I got it. it the marketing that you guys do is uh, what the YouTubers do, and the whole me- influential um, aspect of it. It was insane to me for those type of to, for that caliber to be already in that stage. I'm like, yeah, this does, is different. Does the money shock you? The money aspect oh, of it? Yeah. You know how many guys, you know how many of these fighters get paid early in their career? Like $1,000. Yeah. $5,000. $5, you know, first fight. these when fighters being like, even the ones that are lower on the card are like fighting to get like low six figure marks at yeah. times, you know, it's like. Yeah. I was like, when I saw it, I'm like, like I don't want to do it. It's 50 K only. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Right, but not everybody. Now it's like beginning to to you know kind of stave off a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in that in that time, you know, it was like, like a year ago. 
but it's kind of slowing down now. You know what I mean? It's not as much as like they saying six figures now. Yeah. Which, no. I mean, what KSI was like? How much did he like? How many tens of millions did he get from that one fight? Um, it's like I don't forty know. million or something. I think it's conducive number. to it's conducive to how many followers you have, right? Yeah, I mean, the impact KSI has out in London is just insane you know yeah like if ksi was off that card i don't think anyone would be there <laughs> yeah you know but you know a lot of these kids um depending on your platform depending on your fan base you know i, I guess that's how they're looking at it mm -hmm. right now so if you got 20 million followers 30 million of course you can expect a, a, a bigger purse for you right to handle but you know, guys with like 500k 800 i don't think it's gonna be as big as six figures right that's you know? true. so you got to make sure you check you know, these guys check themselves, you know, like that. Because a lot of these guys, like half a million followers, like, yo, I'm expecting $2 million. Like, yeah, business is not really like that, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think you, you're you owed this much, but you really, you know, what, what can you bring to the table? Right, right. You know, in terms of popularizing it or moving it forward and, you know, bringing in the seats. And that's what most of these these promoters care about anyway. I mean, yeah uh, can you put asses in the seats right 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 um the last misfits um I, it wasn't like the one in london and i saw that there was yeah not many people not many people yeah you know so i guess my last question is going back to that jake paul thing do you think jake paul ever has a shot of taking on canelo you know the world is weird sometimes especially the sport you know I never thought Floyd was going to fight his brother. That was like yeah, very shocking. I didn't think Floyd was going to go and fight Logan. Which Logan says to this day that he won that fight. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard that. but <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can never tell. I mean, Jake's fighting. He fought Anderson Silva. who was like a legend in the UFC fighting. He just fought Nate. Um. Will Canelo entertain it? I don't think at this point in his career, I don't think he will. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like he has bigger things to do right. in the sport. Maybe a rematch against Bivol. Mm -hmm. um, Which would be a great fight to see, yeah. Yeah. Maybe coming down in the way you're fighting one of the Charlo brothers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think maybe maybe if he's retired or is coming toward the, towards the ending of his career, I think he's going to entertain it a little bit more. Yeah. But right now, I don't think... I don't think I don't think he ever wants, you know, to 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 mess around with that. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest with you. But like I said, that's just my thoughts. The world is crazy sometimes, especially in the boxing world. Yeah. And things happen. Right. right? And will I watch it? Hell yeah. Canelo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Canelo, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, yes, that's a lot to, you know, to bite off. Right, right, right. Canelo is still one of the elite fighters, you know, in boxing. Right. He's still in his prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'll take him. Yeah. That's a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have the pillow and the merchandise ready. Dude, you'd be, you'd bet you on me, bro. Out, you'll be like, rich, dude. Right there. Yeah. It'll be a meme right here. <laughs> a I, meme you out. <laughs> I could I could probably go two rounds. <laughs> Maybe two seconds. <laughs> just, I got my gloves that here. Just first shot. <laughs> two seconds. Maybe 20 tops. <laughs> I come with like fucking cotton balls all over my chin. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, baby. Let's get the, the garni ready. <laughs> oh, man. But man, yeah, Canelo and Jake, 
it's gonna sell out, I think. But I don't think Canelo even wants to like. He'll just be like, yeah. I mean, dude, even like, you're right. Because even going back to like the whole Nate Diaz thing, like they weren't entertaining that like a year ago or two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like everything changed. So money, sure. money, money speaks. Yeah, but I mean, also Canelo's like one of the most the top paid athletes yeah. in the world. He's one of the biggest the biggest names in the sport of boxing, if not. The name is between him and Tank. Um, now Inoue, now Terrence Crawford. You know what I mean? So there's big names. Um, uh, that's at the top right now of the boxing world. But, but, influencer boxing. I feel like, you know, a lot of people say it's celebrity boxing, mm-hmm. which is kind of like that. It's kind of true. Um, should stay that, and you know, boxing world should stay there. It's very. It's gonna be hard to try to merge merge everything in yeah. together. It's difficult. Yeah. Because, um, because the fighter world, these guys, that's all they got, right? Boxing. Yeah. Boxing, boxing. And a lot of these kids start off when they're four, five, six years old, and they went through the the whole system, the whole you know amateur ranks, you know, fighting three hundred times, two hundred times in the amateurs, and then. Influencer world, which it's like have a side a gig for big them. platform. Yeah, a lot of these fighters here are saying, "Why are you doing this?" Right. You know what I mean? Why? You know why? But I get it. You know they want to see, you know who could who could be more skillful with their hands and a better platform. Um, I know I know Jake wants to try MMA now. I heard he said, "Yeah, hey, let's do it in your, and you know we'll see how that goes." I want to see that. That's crazy. I'd bet against Jake you know? for sure on that. I yeah. think. <laughs> you think so? I think so. You think so? Against Nate you Diaz? Know, you know, Nate? I bet on Jake for boxing. I mean, I mean, Jake did wrestle a little bit, though. I thought Logan was more the wrestler, no? Was it? Didn't they both wrestle? No. Maybe. He's also way bigger. No, no, not really. He's bigger than the other MMA fighters he fought, yeah. but not bigger than Diaz. He's like the same size, no? But that's a lot of things to, to learn, right? It's like... Boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kicking, elbows. Yeah, that's, that's true. a lot. It's yeah. a lot of, you know, ways to get knocked out. I'm like Khabib, <laughs> though. Huh? I'm like Khabib. Yeah, I love Khabib, too. That's like, I, I would compare myself to Khabib. More like Bib. <laughs> Just Bib. <laughs> bib. All the slobber that goes on it. <laughs> yeah man um mma boxing the fighting world in general it's amazing i think everybody should try it once in their life you know see how they go because i don't think you know yourself truly truly know yourself until you feel that floor huh until you look until you <laughs> get punched in the face right. and they will figure out who you are right yeah are you gonna run it'll fight back you know what i mean but when you're under that fire that type of stress you'll see who you really are yeah, no, dude, I, capable of doing. I sparred with Stuart one time. You did? Just like, I was like, dude, please don't hit me hard. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he, he would like, every time I throw something, he would just like slightly, I'm like, damn. It hurts. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't even trying. Really? Yeah. You know, Stuart hurts. He hits pretty hard. Oh, dude, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to hit me hard and it hurt. No, Stuart has has some a little bit of pop and I want to do miss with him. Mm-hmm. I can feel a little pop in his... He has a little, he's heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Technique is not, you know, if he has the right, correct technique. If I had more than a week and a half to train him, yeah, you know, against his fight against Dean, then it would have been a little bit better, I would hope, you know, but he has he has heavy hands. And some guys are just born with it or not. 
Remember Roger? I did this character, Roger. Fine, like, Roger. If you like, he had this whole concept, right? Of like, yeah, if yeah. you're leaned back far enough in a fight, no one could ever hit your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like, he'll walk up to the fight, just like, head back here. So he's never getting knocked out. Like, he might take some body shots. Oh, no, he's never body, getting knocked out. Body shots are worse, though. Not when you're Roger. <laughs> body shots are, I would rather have headshots than body shots. It's debilitating. It, it sticks with you for like days. I remember Stuart was saying like he walked into the gym and you were just there and you were telling him to hit you harder. Your hands were just down. Yeah. You were like, stick your head out. I mean, hit You're me. You're like, oh, like, hit me harder. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I just want him to get, you know, desensitized to like trying to, because he was holding back. I'm like, why are you holding back, bro? Knock me out. Yeah. I can't even hit you. I'm trying to hit you. <laughs> Like, well, we, we got to try to hopefully expedite this thing. This is how, I was like, this is how Dean's going to fight you. Yeah. So we had, like, his kind of style. And, yeah, I just wish I had a, had a longer a time with longer. him. <laughs> All right, I think <laughs> that's, that's a, a week. good place to wrap it up. Yeah. But it was great seeing you again. Thank Keep you, up. Brian. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, you guys can go follow Brian at Valoria, Valoria Boxing. Boxing on my IG I have YouTube. I don't know if I should start my YouTube up again. I tried doing it, you know, a few years there. ago. Um, I'm Brian Valoria. Brian Valoria. Yeah, Go watch his knockouts too, because they're. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was great. It was it was my pleasure. Um, let me know if you ever want to get into influencing boxing. Call out uh, Saul Poppy. I just go right for the big dogs. Poppy, <laughs> he wants you, bro. Come on, Poppy. Saw Poppy, you. I want you, baby. Slim, uh, he wants you. Slim. KSI, he wants you. Uh, Floyd, I want you. <laughs> uh, Floyd, no. <laughs> no. Brian Valoria, I want you. <laughs> I got, you got me right here, me. Let's go. Oh, let's, let's go. Let's square up before we call it. Hold on, can you, can you fix square this? Square up. I got four inches on him. Below the waist. <laughs> He's only got four inches. <laughs> Go this way. That's the, that's the thumb. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Go like this. You have to go like this. Alright, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys for watching. I'll see you guys on next week's episode. Make sure you subscribe and take care. Aloha. Aloha, baby.